And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are here again for week 14 of the Left Coasters podcast. Again, my name is Tony Cavallo. I'm here with Brian the Ballerina Balzarini and what Matt D'Antonio. Are you guys ready to dive in this week? Let's do it. Let's rock and roll. I'm ready. It, it was a fantastic week of football. Does anything really big stand out to you guys? Arizona. Yeah. How big yeah. was that? When I texted you, Tony, I said, um, I think Arizona just did the New York Giants a massive favor. Absolutely. A massive favor because, it, I mean, Washington and New York are going tit for tat. So every week, any any opportunity you have to kind of get past somebody, get get past the, the opponent, New York Giants in this case, they didn't take advantage of it. So I'm very surprised. They showed up for real, and Carson Palmer looked like Carson Palmer last year. 31 points. Yeah. And it's not like Washington didn't show up either. Twenty three points. Mm-mm. So it's that was that was an interesting one. Daniels, what about you? Tip of the cap this week to uh, Chiefs cornerback Eric Berry. Oh my wow. Who single handedly won the game for his team eight points on his own with mm-hmm. a pick six and then a uh, an intercepted two point conversion try that he took back a hundred plus yards for a touchdown that gave the Chiefs the twenty nine twenty eight win. Very little time left on the clock. Well, I've never seen never a game seen uh, end like that before. For. Uh, and then I suppose if we're keeping with the, the former Stephen Colbert segment, my wag of the finger this week would have to go to the NFL for telling the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns that they're not allowed to participate in their My Cleats promotion because they had buys this week and they're not oh. going to be able to wear their, you know, for those of you who may not know, the NFL is part of a promotion to, to pretend, make more money. To it's make part more of a money. promotion to make more money. That's it. That's it. That's true. They are they allowed for one week players to wear cleats that support a cause, Maybe it's autism, maybe it's cystic fibrosis, maybe it's breast cancer, whatever the case may be. So this was this week, this past week in the NFL. And the Browns and the uh, Titans didn't play. And so the NFL uh, came out today and said that the Titans and the Browns will not be able to participate <laughs> so in ridiculous. the My Cleats promotion because they were on buys this week. That's so ridiculous. Like, they go out of their way to make it cool for the players. One week we're going to change the uniforms up. But no, no, we're not, we're not going to do it next week. We're just going to do it that one week only. And if you're not playing, you don't get to play play in the sandbox with us anymore that's just so and if it was really about and if it was really about the philanthropy you would allow them to do it it's that simple it's that simple you would allow d'angelo williams to wear pink the whole season for his mother instead of just the month where you're making money off of breast cancer that's the nfl darth goodell yeah and but guys this is a pivotal point in the nfl season each team has four games left on the docket this is it this is the last month of the season the stretch the stretch road heading into the playoffs, and I couldn't be any more excited for what's happening because we are, we really have two just clusterfucks in the AFC and the NFC. There are teams just circling around the drain, and there are teams just waiting to grab uh, one of those top tier teams' spots in the playoffs. And it's going to be all over the place. We're going to get into a conversation right now. We're going to do it a little bit different. We're going to do a contender and pretender conversation. We're going to give you some teams, give you some stats on some teams, and then the three of us are going to decide whether this team is for realsies or whether this team is going to be fake and be golfing in January versus playing in the pivotal games. Uh, I want to start with uh, my first one here because this team, I am so ready to just throw the kibosh in. There is nothing in the world that would make me happier than to see this team go up in flames, and I really think they could. So I present to you two right now the New York Giants football season, okay? They currently stand at 8-4, and four, and they are the fifth seed in the NFC, the first wildcard team, and have a full game lead on the next wildcard team. They are also the only team in the NFL to beat the Dallas Cowboys this year. That came in week one. They beat them 20-19 to in a week one matchup. In fact, they have three victories of three points or less in their 8-4 and four record. 
Four of those eight wins came to teams such as the Rams, the 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 stalwart Bengals, the powerful Bears, <laughs> and the uh, undefeated Browns. If I'm correct, these on are that. the people they've lost to. No, these are the people they've beaten. They've only beaten. Yeah, okay. they've beaten the Rams, Bengals, Bears, sure. and Browns. Those are half of their wins against those four just playoff worthy teams. In fact, their last five wins were against teams with a combined record of 16, 43, and 1. Wow. Those are the last five wins for your New York football giants. In fact, that record is so bad, those collection of teams would need to go 15-1 and one to match Jeff Fisher's career record as the St. Louis Rams head coach. Woof. Uh-huh. Uh, and the reason I think that this 8-4 and four is a mirage is not only the stuff that happened in the past, but the stuff that will happen in the future including the Pittsburgh Steelers, who they just lost to 24-14 to this week. Their next five games, uh, including that Pittsburgh game, their last five games on the schedule are against teams with a combined record of 37-22. and 22. So they go from 16-43 and 43 to teams coming in with a 37-22 and 22 record. Mm-hmm. That includes home games against these Cowboys that they beat back in week one by one point. The Lions, who are, might be the hottest team in football. They have to go to the link and play Philly, who is very good at home, although they might not have a lot to play for at that point. And then in Week 17, they're at the Washington Redskins, who very much might be playing to make the playoffs in Week 17. That, that's that's a very tough end of the schedule for these New York football giants who sit at 8-4, and four, and I don't know if they're for real 8-4, and four, but we'll see when we get there. I, let me, I'm, I'm looking up right now. Um, how, did, how, how have they done against Washington and Philly? They've been okay against Washington In the Philly. season. I, let's the see, Giants they, lost to Washington in Week Three by two points, twenty-nine yep. to twenty-seven. Early, early season loss, and then they beat the Eagles, uh, twenty-eight twenty-three, and that was three in weeks week, ago. Four weeks yes, ago? three weeks, uh, four weeks ago. I'm four sorry, weeks ago. they and beat both the Eagles those games, Both those games were at home. Okay, so they got to go on the road and they got to beat a hungry, desperate Division Washington and a pissed off Philly. Philadelphia Eagles second to last. Their path to the playoffs runs through the NFC East. They have to beat the rest of the NFC East and the best of the NFC East if they're going to make the playoffs. Because best case scenario for that last four game stretch, I think for the Giants, best case scenario, they go two and two. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Absolutely, and you know what that gives them? An eight and six record or ten and six. Maybe they squeak one out. Maybe they squeak one out against the Giants, and they maybe they beat the Eagles at the link. That's going to be tough. Now you're basing. Now you guys are talking about this as if it should be a two and two team because this team is eight and four. This team is powerful. This team should win two of these games against these two opponents. They're like opponents, except when you look at what they've done all season. Right now, their offense is 26 in the league yards per game, the 16th ranked passing offense and the 31st ranked rushing offense. But their defense ain't that much better. Their defense is 17th in yards per game, but the 25th worst passing defense. But keep in mind, too, they are also 5th in rushing. So they're yep. forcing teams to play their game by fifth locking— in rushing defense, yeah. Correct, but but they're also—they're forcing teams to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. They're forcing them to beat them. Against and, the 25th passing and, defense. And look Exactly, and look what happened this week against Pittsburgh. They went up against a superior Ben Roethlisberger, and— Took him down. So, or, you know, did not take him down, excuse me. So it, got it's, taken down. Got taken down, excuse me. The yes. Giants have also, out of the teams in the NFC East, far and away underperformed their uh, division rivals in terms of points scored. They've scored as a team 245 points this year. For some perspective and context, Dallas has scored 333, Washington 303, and Philly 268. So the next closest team to them is 23 points away. 
They've scored the, they've scored the least points out of all the teams. Their point differential is still plus eight, which isn't terrible. But but that's they're the, not scoring. They're not scoring, and 20. it's because they can't rely on some of the guys at their key skill positions. One of them being Eli Manning. Yes. The other one being Rashad Jennings. And Shad, I love you, but you got you're not having a good year, homie. You got to step it up. The whole team's not having a good year. I but believe that's the same New York Giants. record. Yes, they're they're very much based on that. They're two Super Bowl runs were the flukiest things of to known Ever. to man. Ever. Um but this season I think it's gonna come back and bite them in the butt. I think these last four games are gonna be really hard and I would not be surprised if they lose all four of these games and finish at an eight and eight record. No. Uh so they're my pre- presentation for pretender. Mm. Now we were talking earlier, I had a presentation for contender. I wanted to talk about why Baltimore I think is the real deal and will beat out this Pittsburgh team to take that AFC North crown. But Brian over here, I'm going to kick it over to you, my man. You believe Baltimore is a pretender. I do. I do. I've I've been hard on the Ravens for probably the entire season, but now that we're 4 games to the end of the season, it, it it's worth noting that if you look at their schedule and obviously where they're standing now, which I believe they are currently at, the Ravens are uh, actually at seven and five. Seven and five. Okay, so the Ravens are currently at seven and five. Look at their schedule. Mm-hmm. They're playing the Pats this week. Uh-huh. Then they have the Eagles, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't think they're going to beat the the Pats. I I actually don't think they're going to beat the Eagles. Okay. Because they're that fluky of a team. Okay. They're not going to beat Pittsburgh. That's Pittsburgh, the game. Well, that's the game. That's a guaranteed. We'll say, let's just say it's Pittsburgh and New England that are guaranteed losses. And they're yeah. two and two throughout the stretch. That doesn't put that them. That doesn't, yes. That doesn't do it with a steaming Pittsburgh. Yes. So I don't think, I don't think, as their schedule shows, they're going to be sitting in any position for a wild card or the divisional lead. Yeah, the wild card is definitely going to be difficult with Denver and Kansas City being so good. But I think I'm different on the side of the fact that I think Baltimore beats Pittsburgh. I don't uh, think I think Pittsburgh has great playmakers, but I don't think they're a complete team. They, I don't think they need and to. The be. Ravens are. The yeah, Ravens are I, lacking incredibly on the offensive side of the ball right now. They've got no run game to speak of. They spanked Miami. Yeah, they spanked Terrence Miami. Terrence West did whatever Miami, he wanted Miami, against Miami. Despite the fact that I that I talked about how hot they were, and I you know it blew up in my face that I picked them this past week. They were bound to come down. They were bound to they crash. Had to they down. had to because they're not a team. They that beat can San Francisco. They beat Los Angeles. I mean, those aren't teams that you can put your hat on. Yeah. And they finally got up against a good team like this Giants. past weekend defensively, and they couldn't score on them. That makes sense to me. That the Dolphins could not score on the Ravens. That makes sense. But you need to. I need to see more out of the Ravens. Put a bunch up on them. This it was a great day for them. But I don't think that's the kind of consistent play that we can expect out of that offense because we've seen weeks where Joe Flacco can't. Find a target to save his life. Yeah. Let me let me rattle off some te- some teams just for a quick reference. Who Miami has beaten? The New York Jets by four. San Diego Chargers by seven. Los Angeles by four. San Francisco by seven. Those are not those no, are Miami, th- those Miami aren't con- stinks. Sure, but I'm saying though that that you know I I I just I don't think Miami is something you can you know. Put your cap on. Your I'm cap just on. saying that Baltimore, I think, especially with that defense, which might be one of the better ones in the league, I think they have a chance to steal two games oh, against without a the doubt. Patriots and against the Steelers. Without a doubt, any given Sunday, but I just don't see it. Name me one convincing win out of the Ravens. Oh, I, I was going to say last week. I mean, the the way they handled Miami. Miami can run the ball. Miami can do some good things on offense, and they couldn't do anything. 
against I, Baltimore. I'm with Dangles. I think, and they've I already think, beaten Pittsburgh this year. I, I well, yeah, but you got to recall too that Pittsburgh that wasn't that the uh, stretch that's the of only convincing win that I see on their schedule as I'm looking that's at this. The only right one. That, but isn't that the only one? That's but the only team that looking at hurting? Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be Washington Redskins. Really, you think they're for real? Here's why. So I I was telling both of you guys before the show that. I had a little extra time today uh, for all those uh, listeners out there. I uh, hurt my back. Not doing so hot. <laughs> so I had a little bit of time to um, to myself today. Busy day, though. He's an old man. Uh, dude, getting way old. <laughs> but um, I looked at the schedule for the rest of the season and mapped all the teams that are currently contending for wildcard positions as well as the, the leaders as of right now. There is a strong possibility, and you keep pointing it out every week, that having that tie can hurt you, I think it's actually going to help the Washington Redskins in okay. the long run. Because a nine and seven gets you in that wild card position. You think now so? if they're nine, six, and one. Yes. Yeah. Huge. That's huge. So they would need to go three and one over the final stretch to do that. And I will tell you who they're playing and you tell me whether or not this is realistic. Okay. You uh, give me one game at a time, I'll tell you Dangles and I will tell you a win or loss right off the bat right off the bat. At Philly. Okay, I still think that's a win, even though it's at Philly. I do too. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Home against uh, home against Carolina. Win. Carolina's dead. Yeah, okay. they win. At Chicago. Win. <laughs> Sorry, Matt yeah, Barkley. Win. At home against New York the Giants. Giants. Well, there you go. That's nine six and one, gentlemen. Yeah, that's, that's, that's nine even six better. and one right I, if there. If they beat Philly this week, I think they have a chance to go ten five and one. Nine six and one. Yeah, gets you into the wild card. Okay. Okay. They, I'm telling you, that Week 17 matchup, Week 17 is turning out to be the it's gonna biggest. It's going to be crazy. Oh, my goodness. Whoever We're schedules have this should Green get a, Bay. Uh, they should get a raise. Uh, it's going to be awesome. But, yes, Detroit-Green Bay. That's going to be for the division. Washington-New New York Jets. You know what's going to be another good one? Houston-Tennessee. Oh, Who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought that division would that have ended like that? That game may be for the division yeah. that day. If it if it cut, continues to go the way that things have, that game may be for the division. Yeah, I mean, when I started when I started sitting down and really projecting the seeds, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, mm-hmm. Tennessee's got a chance. Yeah, they, they do. But they got to do something against Houston. They've got to knock them off because Houston beat them. In fact, Houston's in division is insane. I believe they're, they're undefeated in the division. They're they're humming. So you okay. can't you cannot take them head on. Okay, those are uh, Brian's picks for contender pretender. Before we get to gravestones, diggity dangles, you got to give your picks, buddy. What do you want to start? Well, uh, it's we were talking about uh, the NFC South briefly, and uh, I think I'm actually going to go with uh, start to with teams with both from both Southern divisions, and probably one of the two weakest conferences, respectively, mm-hmm. in 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 the NFL. Uh, my contender is the Atlanta Falcons, um, and okay. a lot of this has to do with now. You know, you're not going to be impressed by statistically their third in total offense, which is great. We knew that they're a high uh, high octane offense, 27th in total defense mm-hmm. for the year, but their schedule ending the year. The Rams oh, next win. week. Win. The 49ers the following week. Win. The Panthers the week after win. that. And then the Saints the end of the year. Which toss up, which doesn't could matter. Could be a toss up, but I don't think it's going to matter. That's and easy. They, so they don't need to play stellar defense necessarily against any of these teams. Now, they can't have what happened last week, which is Matt Ryan couldn't complete a pass. Or throw and, an or, interception with, at a two point conversion when you shouldn't. Exactly. Have. Mistakes that you can avoid making, Matt Ryan needs to do that. And that was a crushing loss. Um, but with the 
these lackluster opponents, uh, especially in the final weeks of the season, they should go at worst three and one down that stretch. Maybe they lose to New Orleans the final week yeah, of the season. They one, finish, yeah. yeah, they finish at t- uh, ten and six on top of the NFC South. Now, Julio Jones does. There is he is one sort of key factor here, and hopefully this is nothing. He was dealing with turf toe after that Kansas City game. He says he's fine. He's good to go. He expects to be back out there this weekend. But that whole offense pretty much hinges on Matt Ryan being able to throw the ball to Julio Jones Completely. because outside of that, it's it's just Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, and you can't rely on the running game and the running game only in today's NFL. No, you need to have the passing game. So, Julio Jones, though, before you move on, he always seems to have some type of nagging always, injury, and it's always, always. lower body. It's, it's always, always his foot, ankle, ankle it's always yeah. his hamstring, thigh, something. So, which is sad because he's amazing. Oh, he is amazing. So I feel I feel pretty good about that. The Falcons are three at three at home and four and two on the road. So they have decent records, you know, where they need them. They're three and, they, and one in division, which is big. And with two of those four games at the end of the season That's being huge. in division games, the two in division games being very winnable with the Panthers and the Saints. I would argue that they they are they are in a, one of the best positions to make the playoffs out of any team fighting for the playoffs right Name now. me one time you saw Atlanta play and you weren't impressed. No, they even the games they lose, they're the, the right there. The games they lose, they're right there, and they lose to, they lose to good teams. Yeah. They've never, they haven't, their largest loss this year was nine points, and that was to the Eagles, uh, that was three weeks ago. They've been in every other game. They, they're, if I were looking at this like a college basketball schedule, their signature wins are against the Raiders in week two. Huge. Uh, and then they beat, um, and they had another big win against the Broncos in week five. Yeah, and they lost close ones to Seattle and Kansas City, two of the best teams in and the NFL. Philadel- exactly. And Philadelphia's uh, a king killer. They're playing well against teams they should beat, and yep. they are staying in it to the teams they have lost to. Um, the Chiefs' loss was pretty bad, and they lost, uh, they uh, lost to the Bucks in really the first unlucky. week of the season as well. So Atlanta is, is my uh, contender, and my pretender are the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. And I think if you've listened to this show, you you know that I don't exactly hold them in the highest regard. They're, they're a product of their god-awful division, despite being sixth in the NFL in terms of yards allowed per game offensively they've got three they average 316 yards a game that's good for 28th in the league defense may win championships but you have to score today to win the minnesota vikings are a fantastic example of what happens to a team with a stellar defense and absolutely no offense to speak of eventually and we saw this happen with minnesota other teams are going to figure out what you're going to do defensively they figure out how to beat you defensively and you're going to be screwed if you can't rely on your offense and uh, brock osweiler is the worst he's the least reliable and in my opinion he's the worst. Terrible. he's the worst quarterback back in the NFL. He's terrible. He's the worst. Uh, I'll give Blake Bortles that. He's no, he's worse than Blake Bortles because I actually see Whoa. some I actually see some potential down the road still for Blake Bortles with Brock Osweiler. Uh, I just don't. Uh, I wow. just don't. Can't I just don't see it. He has so many he has so many weapons. There's no excuses for for Brock Osweiler to be playing as poor as he is. They have a laughably easy final 4 weeks at the Colts, then versus the Jaguars, then versus the Bengals, and then they round out the season at the Titans. So, uh, again, that comes down to two divisional games, Colts and Titans, and you believe through watching Houston for the past 13 weeks, you believe Houston's not going to win those games. They're not going to be the South champion. I think the Titans are going to surge towards the end of the season here on the strong back of strong play by Marcus Mariota and win down the stretch and That'd take that nice. division. They round out. They have a big game against the Broncos this coming week who are beatable, absolutely beatable, especially if uh, Trevor Simeon Ooh. isn't playing. And even if he is... Yeah, and if, then they, if it's America's favorite weed deal at Paxton Lynch, the Broncos are not a good team. And then uh, the Titans play the Chiefs the following week, which is going to be a tough one for them. I'll be surprised if they win that game. That's the thing. Like, Titans may not even be in in no. it at Week 17. No, they you won't. You just said be. Broncos and Chiefs. No way. That's tough for any. You think team. they beat them both? The, the Titans ja- are. They, they the have Titans the Jaguars are, and the Texans. Titans are at best eight and eight. 
at best eight and eight. You might need to be nine and seven. Because if you look at the Broncos, KC at Jacksonville with Houston, they they can't get. I mean, let's say let's say let's use your logic with the Houston, and I agree with you. They are a uh, pretender. Even Houston's pulling out of this probably eight and eight. They're they're probably dicing two of those games. You, they're probably going to take the Bengals, and they're probably going to take the Colts. Okay, because that's just how it rolls. But then they've got to. Then they've got the this is Houston also has the Jaguars. So I I don't know, man. Tennessee I think might not have enough. I don't think Tennessee's got enough gas. I was gonna say before you went through the schedule, if you look at and you got to include Indy as well because they're in there record wise. If you look at those three teams, what facet of those three teams is the best? Like what what what's the best part of all three of those teams out all of, put together? Out of the the, the run Houston game. Tennessee Houston, run game for the Titans. You think it's the Titans run Absolutely. You don't game. think it's the pass defense of Houston? No. no. Okay. No, I don't. No, because I mean we've seen the Tennessee Titans just beat the shit out of teams when they're rolling. They can run the ball. Yep. They can run yes. it down your throat and running and when the ball. The snow starts yes. falling. Yes. What is it? Every freaking year we see a team go through the playoffs. Like, where did they come from? Well, they've got a run game and they've got defense. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, that's that's our contender pretender talk. Before we end our recap section and move on with the show, we have to do our favorite game. It's gravestone time. And uh, guys, I'm not gonna lie to you. I had the easiest. Easiest gravestone. I'm, be, I'm just, surprised by that. Like like the sunset, and it just came out of the water. It was staring at me right what in the face. Uh, so far, our Deadpool again is Carolina, Cleveland, Chicago, San Fran, Jets, Jacksonville, Miami, L.A., and Cincy. Miami, the only one that's making us look bad. But we have all killed all nine of those teams and said they're not making the playoffs this year. On my end, I have killed San Diego, New Orleans, Arizona, Tampa Bay, and Buffalo leaving me with only a few teams left. And the team I'm going to add to this grave pool is a team that you killed last week, Brad Guy, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. They started off so hot. Carson Wentz looked like the real deal, but the NFL has a way of figuring people out really, really fast. And I think they figured out that Carson can only do a few things right now, and on other things, he's just not quite there yet. And Philly is also a team that's missing a lot of parts. Uh, It's a team that can beat the shitty teams of the league, but they can't quite make it to the playoffs. I'd be really happy if I was a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I think this is a team that shows a lot of promise and future, but this is not the year for them to make the playoffs. So that's my gravestone for the week, and I have no, I had no problem, no problem picking them and killing them off. Anybody else? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm, go ahead. No, I was going to say I actually my gravestone this week is also the Philadelphia Eagles. And Philly go. joins our grave pool. Yeah, uh, it's just it's time uh, for them to go, and I think all the things you said are, are absolutely true. And again, you know, we talked a little bit about it last week. Losing Lane Johnson was a huge yes uh, uh, a deal breaker for them this season. Uh, their offensive lineman. So this week I'm giving it to it was it was a close race between them and one other team, but um, I just that division is so good outside of the Eagles, and I just don't see them being able to rise to the top. No, yeah, I don't think they can do it brad guy that leaves you buddy so we've added philly now our grave pool stands at 10 teams are you going to make a selection that adds another one new orleans saints oh wow poor drew after watching the game this week it was obvious that um although they are a very powerful offense their defense couldn't catch a cold man they just can't. They don't. They never. They never caught on. They never got hot, and it was. That's actually the opposite of what happened to the Detroit Lions. I mean, the Detroit Lions' defense was horrendous the first part of the season. They found it. They kept Drew Brees for the first time in over. I believe it was something crazy like twenty-five home games. They held. They held him. They held him to no touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's never happened mm-hmm. in Matt Stafford's lifetime. Jesus. <laughs> so um, their their inability to to get anything off the ground. 
um, from a defensive standpoint really has hurt them. And they're two games behind. I mean, right now Atlanta's seven and five, Tampa's seven and five. They're sitting at a lowly five and seven. They've got four games left. At best, if they take two from Tampa, that's they're, they're now even. That's the thing. And they got and their last game of the year is at Atlanta. So that's it, tough. They that just is tough. I, I'm. But I, if they sit there and they always seem to have good games against the Atlanta Falcons, New Orleans and Atlanta have a great rivalry. If they sit there and somehow Drew Brees outshoots Jameis two weeks in a row in these final four weeks, and they have that game against Atlanta, they're right back in it. But you're I've also, already but, killed but, them off as well. I'm just playing devil advocate. Sure, here. sure. But you're also but you're also taking into account you'd have to take into account Atlanta falling off the yes. falling apart. Yeah. Now now can that division put out a a wild card? I think so. It's very possible. They got one right now. If They've got one today. right now. But that's an uphill climb for the New Orleans Saints, and that's demoralizing. I mean, there's a reason why you and I spoke, and so did Dangles, that we both kind of, none of us felt confident about picking Detroit or New Orleans in that game. Mm. It was kind of a toss-up. For Detroit to go into New Orleans, of all places, and take an absolute shit in the middle of the field and say, clean it up, Drew Brees, <laughs> that couldn't have happened at a more back-breaking time for the New Orleans Saints. So, um, and and, and by the way, their their uh, division record is not good. It's one and two. Okay. So they haven't been able to capitalize on what years past has been such a good, you know, competitive rivalry. So. All right, there you go. That's our gravestones, and that's our recap section again. This is the Week 14 Left Coasters podcast. Ram it. <laughs> Well, just as we expected, gentlemen, the uh, Rams went to Foxborough, uh, and they came back to Los Angeles with their asses in their hands. The 26-10 route at the hands of the New England Patriots on Sunday. Uh, just a quick stat uh, tick off here. Jared Goff, 14-32 for 161 yards, a touch and two picks. Todd Gurley ran for 38 yards on 11 carries. Uh, that's 3.8 yards per carry for those of you who don't have a calculator. And Kenny Britt leading the way on the team receiving-wise, two catches for 67 yards and uh a touchdown. This was a game where the Rams struggled just mightily on offense to make anything happy uh, happen at all. In the first half, the Patriots had more first, fourth down conversions at two than the Rams had total first downs one. Awful. New England had 12 total first downs. Uh, uh, New Los Angeles also ran just 18 offensive plays in the first half compared to 42 for the Patriots. Not good. So they weren't efficient when they were out there. And the defense wasn't doing them any favors uh, keeping Tom Brady out of the end zone. All that said, I am trying to find something positive, and and I will say that I think it is that they let Jared Goff air it out a couple of times on Sunday, and his arm, as we expected, shows some promise that if not, maybe now will manifest itself somewhere down the road. You can but sling it. If I'm if I'm trying to pull other uh, if I'm trying to pull can other give you other other positives out of this, it's hard. Let me let me let me give you one. Uh, they won the field position battle. Oh. Johnny Hecker. Johnny Hecker. There you go. Eight the best punts, weapon on the team. Eight punts, fifty-two yard average inside the twenty. Five of them. Wow. Seventy-six yard long. I was going to say, didn't he boot like a seventy-plus yarder or something along 76. those lines? Seventy-six. To give you some frame of reference. Good God. New England's punter Allen. Six punts, 39-yard average, two inside the 20, and a long of 46. His average was longer than the other punters long. That's crazy. There you go. Something to think about.
Wow. All right. So we don't need a new. We don't need a new. We don't need a new punter in the uh, offseason. That's a good point, and I should actually. I should probably have been more aware of that coming from a background where I covered a team professionally for three years, whose best player was its punter in the Jacksonville Jaguars. There you go. So yeah, no, I would say uh, Johnny Hecker is probably the team MVP to this point in the season. So and, for those um, left coasters out there who chug a beer every time Dangles mentions the Jaguars, that was your no. beer. <laughs> so maybe is that Drink actually beer. a rule? No, that's funny. I like that. Um, no, we should we should do that for real. Like, because yeah, I mean, we'd be no, drunk. That would and be you'd terrible. Be doing it intentionally. Um, but the big news out of this week for the Rams guys, uh, because I don't think there's a whole lot more to say about the game. Uh, if we were to do our normal Rams recap, we would be just beating the deadest horse ever in the history of dead horses. And as we've all decided, the Rams are dead in the water in so 2016. So it, it doesn't really Before matter. Before we move on to what I know you're going to move on to, though, Dangles and I were watching this Rams game together, and Dangles turned to me and said, "You know what the Rams really need to do? They need to draft." Uh, 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 they need to take that first pick in their draft and draft a high-quality wide receiver, a game-changing wide receiver from the draft. And in I turned the to Dangles. Round. I turned to Dangles and I said, "When are we going to draft them? Because we don't have any picks for how many years? Because was it two years or one? I was just. It was last year and this and year. It, okay. So you're so. telling me that there's never been a case of a late round, late round wide receiver drafted well who turns out to be great. Oh, there's been a million of them. But in that first round, when you're looking to upstart your franchise, yeah. when you want the Julio Jones, Sammy Watkins, Odell Beckham, their first round talents. Not going to happen. And they know their first round talents. Well, that's fine. And they traded away for a quarterback that's supposed to be their future. And, and they know give. where they're at with that. I still think they should draft a wide receiver because that's what they need more than anything yes. else. Is I an agree with you. Wide sure, it nobody's just ain't happening in the first that, ten but, picks. But let's let's one. be very let's get real here. The one thing the Rams organization, from top to bottom, one thing they have failed to do is cultivate talent. Mm-hmm. Under Jeff Fisher, under and Jeff Mead. Fisher and Demoff. So, I I'd love that receiver out of the second round to do something. Well, the track record is, says no. The good news is that, you know, Les Snead, the GM, and Jeff Fisher, the head coach, the people who have not cultivated talent, they're not going to be around for a while. Oh, for wait forever. a minute. Right, Dangles? No, actually, that's not true. Oh. Uh, they both got contract extensions. Oh. Uh, huh. Both of them. In fact, that's the big news, really, that came out of this weekend. Not the Patriots game, or not the Rams-Patriots game in and of itself, but Mm-mm. the fact that news of Jeff Con- uh, Jeff Fisher's contract extension leaked just before the game, before the players took the field uh, this past Sunday. Which so, led them to be really pumped up and kick the crap out of the Patriots, right? Excuse One me, I gotta first go grab down my, in the first half. i got to go grab my barf bucket. Okay. So they've been signed through the 2018 season. Yep. Jeff Fisher uh, uh, has... Has losing seasons in in five five losing seasons with the Rams. What's the five dangles? What's the motivation? You think? Put your GM cap on. What is the motivation? I'm having a really difficult time. I am because too. I can't Figuring find out because I can't find it exactly. It is that says to them that this is the man that they want leading the football team. Do you think the only thing I can think of, genuinely think of, is that because they drafted Jared Goff at number one? That Jeff Fisher convinced everybody that he had a plan for this kid. Mm-hmm. That we gave the farm. I've got a plan for this kid. It's working. Look how good he played against New Orleans. He's doing well. He's only we, we we've made the right choices thus far. Mm-hmm. 
That's that's about all I got. There is some good news to come out of this in the sense that the contract that Fisher signed, according to ESPN, uh, it's unnamed sources, the, the deal the, the believe they believe the deal includes a team option for that's the Rams. Huge. Who so that means that they could fire Jeff Fisher after next season, say, and they would still only owe him a year's worth of salary. So they're not stupid when it comes to business. And, and let's no, not... so they're they're putting and they are putting an out in the contract. Yes. They are giving themselves a way out, and maybe. Maybe if I'm really scraping for a reason behind this, maybe that's maybe that's just it. Maybe this yeah. is maybe this is a conversation that that Stan Kroenke had with Jeff Fisher, where he says, "Look, you are, have been in this league forever. I know that that you are good at being a football coach, and this is all that you know. And there are lots of you know great things about what you do, what you bring to the table as a coach, but." You have to perform. And if you don't, I'm going to give you one more chance. We'll sign this extension. We've been talking about it all year. It'll get it off of the plate because the Rams already have enough shit to deal with PR-wise yeah. by the fact that they've alienated their one and only alumnus uh, who matters in in Eric Dickerson, who is uh, beside himself. By, well, I wouldn't say beside himself, but he seems he's disappointed that, um, that, that, that Fisher uh, uh, got re-signed. Let me read a quote from him. How in the world can you give a guy an extended contract and he has five losing seasons? He's not the coach for this football team. I feel bad for Rams fans. We're going in the wrong direction with our football team. Could not agree with you more, Eric. No, I agree with Eric as well. But in Brian, you said that uh, the plan for Jared Goff might have saved Jeff Fisher's job. But here's the thing that I found interesting because we just heard news of this extension. But this extension was signed supposedly yes. before the first game of the preseason this year. Yes. And this is quoting Jimmy Golan off of the Washington Post. Uh, he, he wrote, Fisher said, he reached an agreement with owner Stan Kroenke, quote, well before the season started, end quote. But the deal just hadn't been announced. General Manager Les Snead had also been given an extension before the season started. The thing that I pulled away from that was them not announcing the extension. And does- there were hints of it, but there were no announcing. And that brings it back to the PR problems mm-hmm. with this team. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to handle this. We have a new team in Los Angeles, a team that's supposed to inspire hope. It's supposed to be like, let's go. we gotta got to get a fan base. got to get everyone excited for this. Not announcing that your coach is going to be starting. And then what were they hoping? Like, they were hoping maybe there was a playoff run out of this team, but what was the worst-case scenario? You shot yourself in the foot. Your team goes shitty. Your team, your fans want the guy fired, but we've already signed an extension, guys. We're just not telling you But yet. doesn't that make sense now? Doesn't it make sense now? How so? Well, it makes sense that while all of us were screaming, put Jared Goff in, put Jared Goff in, Jeff Fisher knew he was coming back. Jeff Fisher knew that he had a timetable and he was sticking to it, even though it didn't make sense to us because we were under the impression that if you didn't perform well, you weren't keeping your job, bro, because that's just normal business. Like, as as Eric Dickerson says, how does a guy have a five losing seasons and then end up keeping his job? Well, because he knew it. He didn't know he was going to have a losing I mean, he clearly didn't know at the beginning of the season he was going to have a losing season, but it didn't matter to him that he had to put all of his chips on the table because he knew he was coming back. Mm-hmm. He knew he had more time with Jared Goff and he wasn't going to ruin the kid. And I think that, if you think about it like that, put yourself in Jeff Fisher's shoes, of course you wouldn't play the kid. No. Of course you wouldn't. Yeah. You would ride You would ride Case Keenum out. Now uh, it makes sense. Yeah. Now now, now we're all going, okay, so we're not crazy. They they dealt with this. And I think this is also a cronky, the cronky effect. Cronky knows that he's put his, 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 his backing into somebody like Jeff Fisher. Yeah. He's got to ride that out a little bit. I totally understand. I get maybe maybe Cronky did his homework. Maybe Demoff did his homework. Maybe they looked at the field of, of potential coaching hires and said, 
I don't I don't see it. At the beginning of the year, they sure did that, that because a lot of that, a lot of that, a lot of those decisions are made in long term. They're yeah. not made in short term. Yeah. So, I, I I see there might be some wheels turning behind. But the thing is, like you said, the lack of transparency. I don't have faith in your organization now. If that's the way you're no, going to operate, absolutely not. Because now I feel like I'm in the dark always. So absolutely the not. players are sticking behind him on this. Todd yes, Gurley they said, God, they got to lo- make a buck. Todd though. Gurley says, I love him. Eugene Sims says it's a damn good decision. I mean, obviously you got to stick behind. Behind your coach or your coach, if you're a player, so he hasn't on this lost team. the locker room, but in another half losing season is going to turn real quick. But hey, how dare you judge him through the prism of the record, as Kevin Demoff said last week? Oh God, how yeah, dare that's you? Just, sna- just a snapshot of, of his career. You? But that's just it, isn't that it? Makes because sense. if you take a snapshot of Jeff Fisher's record at any given point during his career, he's always hovering just somewhere about two or three games below the 500 mark. That's mm-hmm. the snapshot for you, Kevin Demoff. That's he's, your snapshot. He's a piece of shit. He really is. And uh, well, clearly, the Rams we... brass does not view him as harshly as the as us, Los as Angeles do. uh, fan base does, or he, us here at the Left Coast. Don't worry. There's Johnny Hecker um, clips all over NFL.com. That's great. Uh, before we move off of Jeff Fisher, I do incline all of you Left Coasters and the two hosts with me to go check out SB Nation's post, uh, written by a guy named Ryan Van Bibber. Can't make these names up. He wrote, uh, the headline of the article is, Jeff Fisher's problems are never his fault, and he has a contract extension to prove it. I, uh, I share this with you guys because it is, this kid Van Bibber did a great job of compiling every loss we've had week by week and compiling Jeff Fisher's excuses that he gave to the media underneath each loss. And there's a couple of really, really, really good ones. I and know we've touched on them we've from touched week on to week few. here on the Left Coasters. We've touched on a few, but the one that stood out to me that I didn't hear, the game that I went to, uh, the Carolina. week nine game against Carolina. Remember when uh, Kendricks dropped the surefire touchdown from oh, KC? Right, oh, yeah. right, right the cost, yeah. him the, cost him the game. <laughs> Jeff Fisher's a quote. But no excuse. The sun was in his face. He turned back around, visions obscured a little bit, the head came around, the ball was there, and he just couldn't finish the play. That's an actual Jeff Fisher what quote. Were you... The sun was in his face. Did you did you talk to him afterwards? Did you get did you did you consult with him? What exactly you happened? Can't, you can't make this stuff up. So go read Kyle Van Bibber's SB Nation article. Literally every everything Jeff says, he starts it off with, "Well, I don't want to make an excuse, but, but fo- and then follow excuse." So we got another, we another, another year two of years of that, guys. Well, we'll have plenty to talk about. All right, guys, so let's uh, let's look ahead to next week's game. The Rams will be back at home in the Coliseum taking on Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. That'd be a fun game to go see if you're in the L.A. area and you want a quick Sunday. I mean, you can leave by the third quarter. You can quarter. get out that of there probably by halftime, yeah. and I would expect that uh, the Atlanta Falcons will be up by probably three touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, is there any way in hell the Rams find a way to beat Atlanta? Absolutely not. If they are able to do what they did uh, against the Seahawks, which is limit them to not getting into the end zone and be able to score a few field goals. That's yeah, the that's yeah. that two of their wins, by the way, this year have come with them not scoring a single touchdown. You field also, goals alone. You also have to count on the L.A. Rams to put points up. 
put yeah. points up on yeah. Atlanta because Atlanta's going to bring the wood. I, I will say I'm excited to see Goff again because Atlanta's defense, as we said earlier, 26 in the league, could be opportunity for Goff sure. to showcase his arm a little bit. 27th, I think, but that's okay. There's no chance they beat Atlanta. Oh, so. that 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 defense is going to get smashed. So let's let's move on. Get off the Rams. I'm picking Atlanta. Brian. Atlanta. Falcons. Okay. I think that's it. Let's get uh, moving forward now to the injury report. It's the Left Coasters podcast. Tony Cavallo. I'm Matt D'Angelo Antonio. Brian Balzarini. Whoa, whoa. And uh, we are here to ram it. All right, Coasters. One week down. Another injury report to go. Uh, some big ones. Bad news out of Seattle. Earl Thomas. Broken leg. It was an awful, awful collision with Cam Chancellor. Um, going down... They weren't sure exactly what it was, but it looked bad being that he couldn't put any weight on it. Well, it came out later on that he actually broke his leg. In good spirits, however, did tweet later on, Cam, you owe me steak. Yeah, this was actually a really nasty collision where he was diving across the middle of the field to try and intercept a pass. And uh, he just, the way that his leg collided, it was like shin bone on shin bone with uh, Cam Chancellor. And that that hurts. Big loss for that. That is a huge loss. And I also saw that he tweeted that he is considering retirement after this injury I mean a broken they believe it's a broken tibia a fractured tibia I mean that's the kind of thing that yeah yeah for a football player could end your end your career just as well as an ACL or an MCL could yeah we'll see what happens Earl's a Earl's a fighter and uh, has been I part hope of he comes back I, I he love should watching he's him not play. that old I he's love what, watching 27 him play. 28 he's he, he shouldn't be he shouldn't be quick he'll be back yeah it I think sucks, so too. but it's a huge loss for Seattle the team because that he is a big, big factor in that defense. And he's not the only guy who suffered a bad injury to his leg. It looks as though Cecil Shorts of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers... This was ugly. Yeah, broke his leg as well. He was going across the middle and uh, unfortunately uh, came up with a bum right leg. Uh, it was he pretty, got folded into almost. Yeah, he got yeah. folded. You could tell right away his, his leg was um, not in good shape, and um, they knew right away. They put it into a brace. But um, what's what's interesting to point out about that injury was that at the time Tampa Bay was behind, I believe seven nothing, and you could tell that Tampa Bay was um, emboldened by that by that injury. You know, people screaming, yelling, high fiving. Even Cecil Shorts was was seen screaming, and yelling, telling him to get going. So who knows? Maybe that might be a, a turning point for them to to know that there's a lot more writing on the season than just a paycheck. Mm-hmm. So something to think about. Uh, next we have. Capri Bibbs, running back, Denver. Yeah, sort going of a down. change of pace guy for them. Yeah, that's uh not not the kind of news you want to hear coming out of Denver, uh, being that they are such a um, balanced offense mm-hmm. between their running and their passing. Um, but in the meantime, they've gone out and gotten Justin Forsett off of waivers from the Detroit Lions. His third team. Well, you know, he's getting a paycheck. Season, his third yeah. team. And when he did play for uh, Detroit a couple times, couldn't keep consistently w- with them being that they had guys come back uh, off of IR and um, come off a short-term injury he's he's not a bad guy I mean he's not a bad runner he's he's performed well when he's needed to and and did so in Detroit we know how Denver operates with running backs so he'd, he'd run for 49 yards up to that point in the second half where they had to take him out he's actually he ripped off a couple of really nice runs good. during that game I, it was it was promising for a, a team that's just been decimated with running back But it's the next man up in uh, Denver, as it always is, and that uh, is it for our injury report this week, guys. Let's uh, let's get to this schedule, Tony. What, what are we looking? I'm excited. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, okay. All right, well, we'll get back to you guys here in a bit, and uh, let's, let's always remember to ram it. Ram it. Ram it. 
All right, and welcome back, everybody, to the Left Coasters podcast. This is week 14. My name is Tony Cavallo, Matt D'Angelo, Antonio, Brian, the ballerina, Balzarini. I'm doing that every time now because is I that know. Is that the only way you're going to remember? I get it. You actually time. get the uh, first crack at that nickname. I haven't been called that ever. Oh, I like it. You Gen- were a kicker, too, in college. How are Absolutely. they not calling you the ballerina? Because my nickname was Balls. <laughs> now it All would right. be. Now we be... might have to change it back to balls. Okay. Uh, well, whatever works. This is my favorite part of the weekly podcast where we get to dive into our picks because we have a season-long competition between all three of us. Dangles has fallen off the face of the earth, but Brian and I are right there, neck and neck, to finish it off. And uh, we only got four more weeks to pick, so couldn't it's... couldn't couldn't happen at a better time. No, it's 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 getting really good. Dangles. Uh, last week you went Not eight a good and week. seven. Not yeah, a good week for you me. had a Jeff Fishery in eight and seven, and you've dropped down now to ninety four and seventy nine, which is still respectable, still a good score. But you yeah, definitely well, when in you look at place. it in comparison to what I'm working against, it's not. Uh, I think I think if if I were uh, picking a gravestone for uh, for, our <laughs> for picks, our group, I would choose me this week. Or would you fuck? <laughs> I would not fuck me. I'm still sitting in the silver medal position uh, with a total record of 107 and 66, which is pretty awesome. I went 12 and 3 last week. Yeah, you had another great week. Great week, except yeah. I still only gained one game on well, our lead. We were so close this past week in terms of our picks. We knew that that one game, the New York Giants at the Pittsburgh Steelers, that, that was, was the, the big game. One. So. And you went 11 and 4 last week, also a good week. You are now 111 and 62. Four games separate us. All Four right. Four games. And uh, for the Rams game, as we always pick in the Rams section, we were all on Atlanta. Other than that, Brian, it's all time right. to move on. All right. Well, this uh, Thursday night game is going to be a good one. I'm, I'm so excited for Thursday night football for the first time in a few weeks. I was going to say, this might actually be my favorite game thus far this season. Because this I, season? This season. Wow. Absolutely. The Raiders at the Chiefs. This will say so much about whoever walks out of that, that, that game with a W. I Truly. disagree. What? I disagree because the game is being played on Thursday. Bullshit. No, 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 no. It could be played bullshit. on Monday. No, 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 not bullshit. Dallas almost lost to the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday. The the Thursday game really changes all I'm the sure teams. They, I'm it sure hits there's some every team in a different short, way. Short weeks. Everyone short week. makes mistakes. The special teams make mistakes, and that's not. I mean, again, mistakes uh, can give you a win or loss in that's the NFL. Good I disagree. I'd rather see this game on a Sunday night or a Monday night when a, both teams have a full week to rest. But yes, game of game uh, of the I week. I think this is whoever shows up here. Get, gains the momentum okay. for sure. Also, who's, sure. who's it going to be? Let's quit hedging here and, and go for it. I'm taking Kansas City in this game. I think Oakland's ripe for a loss. They're ready. It's time. They're going to lose another game before the end of this season. Thursday uh, against Kansas City. Why not? Why can't it? Uh, why can't it be this Thursday? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead uh, and and make the first. All pick right, here. there we they go. Looked strong against the Bills this past week. The Raiders did. Uh, I'll definitely admit that. But I think Kansas City is a team that can beat them. All right, Tony. I see you smiling. <laughs> it's tough. What do you got, dude? It's a tough game because Oakland can't seem to win a game handedly unless they're losing by 30 to start the game. Sure. Like, that's when they turn it on. Yep. And Kansas City, like, I thought they were going to get blown out in Atlanta halfway through the game because they were down by so much. There's no way they can keep up with Atlanta. But then, yeah, they keep on. They just bleed you out right on the field. They can't. They won't die. No. They won't die this Andy Reid is team. probably the best coach in football right now. Oh, my God. That hurts to say that. Uh, uh, but it's in Kansas City, yeah? Sir, yes, sir. Okay. Uh, I'm going with, listen, I'm a big I'm a big proprietor. I know we're trying to make it through this picks game fast, but this is the game of the week, the sure. game to talk yeah, about. Yeah, take your time. I'm a big proprietor of. A lot on the, lot on the, uh, on the line here. Just say it. I'm a big proprietor of this is your time. 
like the big momentum, like fate, all that stuff, all the things rolling into one, all the stars aligning. And I think the stars are aligning for this Oakland team. This team is full of young superstars, and Derek Carr and Khalil Mack are the two leaders of this team. And for some reason, I think they go into Kansas City and they win. I'm going with Oakland. All right. Well, we've got our first difference right there. Right there. I had picked, uh, before we even started the segment earlier today, picked the Chiefs to win this game. Because I th- I, I'm making a prediction right now. I think the Chiefs are going to get the f- second spot in the AFC. Seed? Yep. Okay. The Raiders will get the wild card. This would be a huge game. And this is that. and this is how it starts. Okay. This is how it starts. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. That's our first difference, baby. All right. Big game Thursday night. I'll... Uh, Sadly, I'll be texting I have to miss you. it. I'm playing a basketball league again. I think I'm working, so we'll see what happens. All right, next we have the uh, first Sunday game, the Steelers at the Bills. This is a trap game. This is a trap game. This is absolutely a trap game. This is a trap game. Buffalo could easily sneak out with one at home uh, in the cold, and it gets especially, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, it gets cold in Pittsburgh, but it gets especially cold in upstate and western New York. Oh, and, yeah. and in Buffalo in December, it is no bueno. It's absolutely bitter. It's no going to bueno. have an impact on both teams. Uh, this is difficult because the Buffalo Bills are coming off a loss uh, to the Raiders, which I think most people expected. They won pretty handily. But they looked so good the first half of that game. They were they up 24 to 9 on this Raiders team. And then they just died. Like, so what Buffalo team are we going to get, the first half team or the second half well, team? Well, and that's the question I think you have to ask, because if you get the first half team, they stand a chance. Nay, they are, I would even say, a contender to win that sure. game, because they've 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 already beaten the best team in the NFL and the Patriots, and they did it 16 to nothing. That was a big win for them. Wasn't that against a backup quarterback? Was against it was against Jacoby Brissett, yes, but, uh, you know. I haven't seen them repeat I'm that sure at Sure, that all. outcome might have been, that might have been different had things uh, gone differently. I still think Pittsburgh's going to win this game. Dangles, I'm with you. I think it comes down to Tomlin over Rex Ryan. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm, I'm going the Steelers as well. The thing that makes me nervous, though, is how do they match up? When you look at the Bills' offense with Tyrod Taylor with his legs, mm-hmm. that could be a problem mm-hmm. for He's the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been tough to Steelers. stop. He's gotten a lot uh, done on and the ground the this year. And the Steelers don't move well like they Bills. used to. They don't have the they don't have the no, Troy Palomalu to take. To, Ryan Shazier is a beast, but they're not the same defense. They don't have anybody to take and down Tyrod. Could this be the eighth straight week that LaShawn McCoy starts the game and exits due to injury? But when he's in the game, good God. Oh, he's unbelievable. Good God. Every he a- game he exits due to injury, though. Every single game. All right. Well, next we have the Broncos at the Titans. Oh, my goodness. Interesting game. Interesting game. I'll start because I've already I've already talked about what I think the Titans are going to be able to do, and it starts at this game. The Titans are going to beat uh, the Denver Broncos. Oh boy, uh, they're at home in Nashville for this game. Uh, they're coming off the bye uh, week. They're coming off the bye week. I think. I mean, Marcus Mariota has been consistently playing better with every week that has gone forward. He's finding new targets. Rashard Matthews is has been playing very well for the Titans, and uh, they've obviously got that that rushing attack of Demarco Murray and okay. Derek Henry. That is huge. So I think it starts here for Tennessee, um, especially if Trevor Simeon is not playing, and I think they'll win. Okay. All right. Well, Tony, who you got, bud? It's tough because if Trevor Simeon's the quarterback for Denver, I think Denver wins. What's happening with that? If Paxton Lynch is the quarterback, I think Denver loses. Uh, He has a foot injury, and they're being very mum on whether he's going to play or not. Yeah, because he's not even being talked about as far as uh, not playing. The thing is, on Monday they came out with an article that said he's battling a left foot sprain, but he is out of his walking boot, which is always good. 
Okay. And uh, he remains day to day, and he was being reevaluated throughout the week. I'm going to sit here and say that Denver knows that they need to put wins on the board, especially mm-hmm. against teams like Tennessee, if they They're want to keep down the these barrel. wild card spots. So I think Simeon plays, even if he's not 100%, and I think Denver beats Tennessee. I think Denver beats Tennessee because Denver's defense takes down that two, three-headed horse with Marcus Mariota at the helm. But they can run the ball on Denver defense. Teams have been able to run the ball. It's not yeah. that they, that's can't, what it's not that they can't run. It's not that they can't run, but I think Denver is equipped to take on a Marcus Mariota-led yeah. uh, um, offense been, with Von Miller at, at the uh, tip of that spear. They've been lit up a couple of times this year. 30 points. The Raiders hung 30 on them, and the Jag—I'm uh, sorry, not the Jaguars. The Chiefs also hung 30 on them. look at those them. two teams. Yes, I look at those two teams. I get that. They have good— but the Okay, first of all, the Chiefs are not a high-powered team offensively compared to the Tennessee mm. Titans. They are a mu- the Tennessee Titans are a much more high-octane offense than the Kansas City Dangles. Chiefs are. Dangles, I hope you're right, buddy. All right, next we got the Redskins at the Eagles. Man, this one's going to be a good one too. Oh, Redskins mean, at Eagles. We all think the Eagles are dead, but the Eagles are not mathematically dead. This no. is a game they're going to bring it Show out up. for. Yep, absolutely. I'm picking the Redskins. Okay, I am too. Wow. You got to get bold. Uh, no, because there's nothing. I mean, Philly is great at home, but there's nothing that's shown me that Philly can beat this Washington team. Washington's got a really good offense. And the really Eagles are offense. trending down, man. They are. I've never seen a wide receiver core drop more balls. They are. I don't trust Jay Gruden, as, though. You know what I mean? It's not like I, I believe wholeheartedly in this. I wouldn't put money on Washington winning, but. But we got to put our money well, where our mouth is Kirk, when it comes to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins looked very, very human this past week. Yes, I know he he's been playing at an elite level otherwise, but against a Cardinals team that he should have been able to pick apart the defense of. Granted, they still put 23 points on the board, but I still, you know, I was yeah. I watching that game, and I just didn't, he didn't look like he has in other, like he did against Dallas on yeah. Thanksgiving Day, The thing Day, about Kirk example. is Kirk's gotten himself into an elite conversation as a quarterback because he'll have three good games and a shit game to follow up instead of having what he was doing in the past with two good games and one shit game. He's kind of improved his odds a little <laughs> he's bit. He's working on that average. He's just working on that average. All but right. I, I think the Redskins um, pull that one away. Next we have the Cardinals at the Dolphins. Ooh. If you've never seen two teams more alike in terms of like it, it, their sporadicness yeah, that, and their inconsistency, and but their like plethora of great talent, Hmm. No teams like the, no teams are comparable in that sense, uh, more so than the Cardinals and the Dolphins. But who hmm. do you got, Dangles? Um, I think I'm going to go with Miami this week. I okay. think they are mad. I keep picking Miami, and they keep burning me. Uh, but I, I think they come off. They lost by 32 points yeah, they, to Baltimore on <laughs> they Sunday. Got they got smoked. blown. They got absolutely blown the fuck out. This is a chance for them to come back at home and and make a statement win against an Arizona team that is very beatable. And if we see the Carson Palmer that's come out every single week pretty much over the course of this season, I mean, you know, David Johnson can only do so much. And he's really been the only thing that you've needed to stop beating the Cardinals recently. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go out on a limb and pick the Dolphins to beat uh, Arizona this weekend. I mean, what beat Miami this week? It was a stout defense that didn't allow them to do anything they wanted to do and the ability to score whenever they wanted on Miami. I mean, uh, Miami looked like absolute crap, but for some reason, I don't think Arizona can beat them. I'm going with Miami. I don't like it, but I'm going with Miami. I am actually going to go with Arizona. Okay. I don't know why. I can't really put my finger on it. They're a sexy team. They're, I, I also think Arizona's trying to prove people wrong. Yeah. Because Arizona did have so much steam. Yeah. And they showed up this week. Carson Palmer looked like a real quarterback. Now, can he do that back-to-back weeks? I don't know, but he's got to do it at some point. He yeah. hasn't done it yet. I know. So I, I, I just don't think it's not going to happen before the season's end. And they beat a good Washington team. Yeah, they did. They beat a good Washington team, and I think Miami is exposed. I'm telling you, I'm not happy that you picked Arizona. 
I'm picking Arizona. I'm a little worried about that. All right, moving on. All right, what's next? All right, next we have the Vikings at the Jaguars. Oh, my God. This is a game that uh, Red Zone will not cut to at all. Probably not. (laughs) They won't need to. I'm uh, I'm picking Minnesota. 7-4, final score. Yeah, I'm picking Minnesota. Two two safeties. This is a game that I really, my gut wants me and is telling me right now to pick Jacksonville because it's a winnable game. I really don't have anything to lose, but I I just don't see how Jacksonville pulls this one out against the stout Minnesota defense. Uh, I'm going to pick Minnesota as well. Okay. I'm going to go with Minnesota. Yeah. Moving on. Next, we have the Texans at the Colts. Oh, my goodness. God, God, these games are getting tough. This is still the afternoon. Yep. I mean, early afternoon, you mean? Early afternoon, excuse me. Oh, wow. Oh, doctor. Um, 10 o'clock Pacific Coast This is huge. This is a huge game for both of these teams. They play well against each other. It's at Indy. Indy's got a short week. Indy, uh, yeah, short, yes. Short, yes, you're kind of, you can throw yes, that. Maybe. It's, it's at Lucas Oil Stadium But it's, yes, it's at Indianapolis. Uh, I'm going with the defense. I'm going with Houston. I don't know why. Uh, I, uh, if, if, if Andrew Luck gets into trouble and they get in Andrew Luck's face, he has he struggles against really good defenses, and I just I can't believe I'm putting my money on Brock Osweiler, but I'm taking Houston. I'm going to go with Indianapolis. Uh, they hung 40-plus points on the Jets this past week on Monday Night Football. Yes, they did. And, uh, the, I mean, granted, the Jets are a terrible defensive team, but... Andrew Luck was throwing the hell out of the ball on Monday night, really doing a great job of finding his receivers. Dwayne Allen had a hell of a day. Yes, he did. Two touchdown catches. Um, um, so I, I'm going to go ahead and pick. I'm sorry, three touchdown catches. You're right. You're right. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick. Uh, yeah, Indy. I like Indy. I'm going to pick the Houston Texans. I think Houston is going to run the ball down Indianapolis's throat. Yeah, I think they're going to control the game. <laughs> I think they're going to control the game. They're going to get um, they're going to get Andrew Luck out of his comfort zone, and I think the Houston Texan defense is just too talented. And I don't think Indiana and they just match up well against I don't Indianapolis. Think Houston's a bad team. It's just literally they play Brock so Osweiler. well. Well, no, but they also play well in their division. Yeah. They just do. I think it's all Brock, man. I think it's, it's not all... hard to play well in that division. I also think let's give a lot of credit. Let's give a lot of credit to Bill O'Brien. Like the, if there's any team that's taken their division to the woodshed, it's 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 yeah. it's the Texans. So kudos to him. All right. Next we have the Chargers at the Panthers. Wow, what a shit game. Both these teams are dead in the water. I'm gonna, I'm picking San Diego. Yeah, I'm gonna pick San Diego as well. Even though I like them to lose, I have their uh, season over under. Took the under on that, but it's not. How about Cam too Newton good. not playing? That's the thing. Is that weird? I think that's that's a that's a telltale sign of Carolina's season. Locker this season. room sucks. Exactly. Like that that shit's burning down over there. It goes from fifteen and one to that. You and think it starts with him? I, I mean, I, I, I just, don't know. I know that I know. I just I mean, it's a good place to on, start. Based on what I've seen, Cam Newton, by all accounts, is a sore loser. He doesn't like losing, and who does in the NFL? Yeah. Nobody likes yeah. losing. But there are people who are gracious about it, have some and then class. there are people who are like Cam Newton, who walk out on interviews or who won't do their responsibility and do media interviews after games, or who are snide or snarky to reporters who are just trying to do their jobs. So and, you, know, you know, if if you're going to be an asshole and 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 if he's upset about the way the season is going, I get that. That's fine. And I can totally see it starting with him in the locker room and Cam being the, you know, he's an effervescent, very, uh, he rubs off on people, I think. I think the mood that he carries yes, is yes. the mood that a lot of his 100%. team carries. So I can totally see him rubbing off on his teammates if he's unhappy with the way things are going, and which he should be. Because the problems aren't his fault. Like, he's not having a terrible season by his standards. He's not, he's not, not having, having a great season by his standards. He's not having an MVP season no. by any means. But the thing that scares me is I think that that, 
that that tipped that tipped pass interception that Anderson threw, I think Cam Newton, this is pure speculation, but I think Cam Newton looked into himself and said, see, I knew I was right. Because look at what just happened. I knew coach shouldn't have sat me. I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah well, he, you certainly can he can justify his bad behavior but or his, 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 his demeanor. And that team, man, I don't know. That team, the team's, I don't like it. But Dangles, you're picking. I still haven't, uh, I still haven't made my pick. I am going to go with San Diego to win okay. this one. All right. Okay. All right, next we have the Bengals at the Browns. Is this still early? Yes. Yeah, still 10 o'clock yep. games. Guys, I, you know, the, we knew this We knew this day Ooh. was going to come. We knew the day Ooh. was going to come when the Browns came back from their bye week. And I think, wow. I think maybe this is the week that the Cleveland Browns eke oh. out a win, especially, especially if reports are accurate that Robert Griffin III might start at quarterback this Sunday. Now, if he can make it through the first play without getting <laughs> his leg broken, I will have even more confidence. But I'm going to go out on a limb for the second time this season. I've picked the Browns once to beat the Titans. I think it was earlier in the year, and they that blew up in my face. I'm going to pick the Browns to win against the Bengals at home in Cleveland this week. Regardless of who plays quarterbacks for the Cleveland Browns, I'm wow. picking the Cleveland Browns to win this week because they're coming off the bye and because they're the exact opposite of this Carolina team, this Los Angeles team, this Cincinnati team. This team believes in their head coach. This team wants to fight for Hugh Jackson. This team comes out against teams like Dallas, teams like that they have no shot beating on the field, and they still give it their all. They still try their damnedest. And I think Terrell Pryor is a big game against a crappy Cincy uh, defense, and I think they win I was really well. hoping someone would join me this Cleveland. week. Cleveland, Cleveland. All right, well, that's... um. I, I guess you would not be wrong. Look, no one would hold anything uh, I, against I, I, you if no, you didn't I'm, pick I'm the 0 and 11 Browns. No, 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 no. I'm not. 0 and 12. 0 and 12 I'm 0 and 12. sorry. No, I'm I'm genuinely trying to wrap my brain around that. The only thing that stops me from joining you guys, genuinely stopping, is what they did to the Philadelphia Eagles this week, 32 to 14. Since he spanked them, yeah. So to your point that they've lost belief in Marvin Lewis. I would have agreed with you. Reverse that score. Yeah. If it's thirty-two yes. fourteen against them, against their favor, I'm with you guys. Browns all the way. I do believe that Andy Dalton, regardless of who's starting across from him, you know, on the other side of the ball, I think Andy Dalton shows up. Okay. I think Tyler Eifert shows up. Okay. By the way, can I just throw this? We out? have so many different so far. We're good. We're doing good this week. Um. Next time you guys watch the highlights on Fox and you have uh, Terry Bradshaw doing his little like snippets, mm-hmm. notice how he says bangles. Just notice how the okay. next. I've seen. I've noticed. We have it. homework. Terry Bradshaw is a senile old man who has I've no idea it where he times is now. at any given point during the day. Three times I've noticed him how he says it, and it it drives me crazy every time. <laughs> and I had to say something when I heard it this week. I was like, I'm saying something. Okay. I'm saying something this week. All right. Next we have the Bears at the Lions. Oh, Detroit. God, it feels good to hear you yeah, say that. Yeah, Detroit for sure. All right. All right, guys, this is where you don't drop the ball because let's all remind ourselves and remind the listeners out there, the Lions did drop an egg at Soldier Field early in the season yes. and lost to the Chicago Bears. That is true. All the more reason that, that they won't lose now at home. Uh, hey, Matt Barkley doesn't look terrible. He's looking good. Good but, for him. But let's be serious. All Detroit. Right. All right. Since 2015, Matt Stafford has thrown 41 touchdowns, zero interceptions in the red zone. I saw that stat today. Isn't that it's fucking crazy? And then not not to mention also this stat right here. At the end of that game yesterday, the Lions defense will have allowed fewer points since week seven, halfway through the season, than anyone but the Ravens. That ain't bad. 
That's exactly what you want to hear. Yep. That's exactly what you want to hear yeah. as a Lions fan. That's where we're choosing the Lions. Yeah, we're the All are right, we, man. Are we in the afternoon yet? Uh, we are now in the afternoon. Okay. Here we go, Tony. Jets at 49ers. Soak it in. <laughs> Enjoy. Wow. Start us off. Well, uh, the Jets see. lost 41-10 to the Colts this week, uh, and the San Francisco 49ers shit, got like on just the, uh, on the Soldier crap Field. beaten out of them by the Bears. Uh, I think what was the final score of that? Was it 29-6 or something along those Blaine lines? Blaine Gabbert came back. I'm going with the Jets. Don't know why. I have to pick someone. Dangles. Uh, I am going to go with the 49ers okay. on Blaine Gabbert's back. Okay. Oh, my God. What an awful, Braggot. awful game. You have to pick somebody. I'm going to go with the Jets. Okay. Okay, because I was going to say, if you went 49ers and our pick battle hinged on the Jets at 49ers no. in Week 14, that'd be stupid. I have more faith in the Jets' defense than okay. anything. Um, uh, moving on. All right. Next, we have the Saints at the Buccaneers. Oh, good game. Good game. Good game. Definitely, good game. definitely a good game. Uh, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the more well-rounded team out of the two of those. Um, I think that New Orleans is great on one side of the ball and terrible on the other side of the ball. I think uh, that balance will help the Buccaneers beat the Saints. This is in Tampa as well, at the Ray J. So I'm going with them in Winston. I can't figure out this Tampa Bay team. I have a feeling New Orleans bounces back after that tough Detroit game, but I'm still going with famous Jameis. Road wins at 5-1, but home 2-4. I wish I knew that before I made my pick. I'm still going with Tampa Bay. What do you got, Bray? I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. All right. <laughs> Thanks for that stat. No, that, I mean, <laughs> just had to, like, I just had to come to Even terms with out. that. Yep, I had okay. to come to terms with that. Next, we have the Seahawks at Green Bay. If they lose this game, it's over. Green no, Bay? Green Bay. Yeah, over. Yeah, they can't this afford. Is this, this, oh, is, this is the season. They, if, they they lose this, if they lose this game, they will be my gravestone pick next week. Would, would you call it a, a heartbreaking season if Seattle beat Green Bay this Sunday? Heartache and Lambeau. I would say it was it's it's a subpar season. I mean, it will be the event itself will be heartbreaking. I don't know if this season. I think uh, it will be backbreaking. If you can look back at the beginning of the season, we all thought Green Bay was a two seed, let alone in the playoffs. It'll be so this is a heartbreaking season if they lose this week and go down in flames here. And who else? In Lambeau, who else? is the team that should deliver a heartbreaking end to Green Bay's season season than the Seattle Seahawks. Well, you have to remember, this is also the same Seattle Seahawks team that lost 9-6 to to the Los Angeles Rams yep. in Week 2. This they are the, vulnerable. Uh, Seattle wins this game. Yep. Uh, I cry my sleep at that night, and I put the Green Bay Packers to bed. I'm picking Seattle because I can just see right now that defensive line for the Seattle Seahawks just We're toast. running all over We're toast. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and- interesting thing before we move on, because I looked up all these stats for the New York Giants, and I ended up looking at Green Bay stats, too. Do you know how there's a very good chance that uh, the leading rusher for the Green Bay Packers 2016 season is Aaron Eddie Rush. Lacy? Oh, <laughs> who left Who when? left in week six? He hasn't played in, yeah, in, in, in six weeks. He uh, No, he left in week six. He hasn't played in almost—by the end of it, he won't be able to play in 10 weeks. And he's going to lead the the team in rushing for the whole fucking season at 360 yards rushing. That that would be mediocre. I'd be unbelievable. Okay. Uh, the, if anybody cares, I'm picking Seattle. Okay. okay, all three. All right, next we have the Cowboys at the Giants. This is the Sunday night game. Woohoo! This is a fun one. Uh, this is going to be going. This is going to run one. all over New York. They're going to run rampant on them. It's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be two touchdowns. The Giants um, uh, lose by. I mean, I gave it away earlier. The Giants are my pretender team, Dallas. Uh, I'm going to go with Dallas, too. Okay. Although I'm I'm, I'm ga- so excited for the game. I'm going to I'm gonna say right now, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if New York shows up. Odell, Odell will put on a show. 
I don't be surprised at all if a if, show on the field or a show afterward, crying and whining about all the opportunities he didn't get. All the above. Watch, watch. He was targeted 16 times in the game uh, against Pittsburgh and still complained and about touches. And he bitched about all still of them. Still complained about touches. Yeah. Watch, watch New York play them stiff, force turnovers from Dak Prescott. Just watch, because it's just perfect timing for the Dallas Cowboys to have a reality check right before they play my lines. Just watch it. No chance. No chance. Their reality check is the lines. They beat New York. We're all on Dallas then. Moving on. There we go. Monday night, the Ravens at Dangles' Patriots. This will be a good game. Don't be surprised if this game is decided by a field goal or more or, or, or less, and that could be on either side of this. I'm going with the Patriots, though. Baltimore and New England play classics. Classics. They're always memorable. I was going to say, They're I vaguely always, remember them having really good games. Always, always. memorable. But you got it, Tony. Baltimore. Really? Ooh. I'm big like Baltimore. It. I uh, like it. And it's not because I'm trying to make gain anything on these picks. You actually think it. I actually think Baltimore wins this game. New England and Tom Brady in particular always have trouble against Harbaugh and the Baltimore defense. Baltimore defense is one of the best defenses in the league, and the New England defense is not that Good. Baltimore is the best defense in the league. If you want to talk yards allowed per game, it is the Fewest best since defense week in the seven. league. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm on the Baltimore train. They just they they play great games, and I'm going with the team that has the better defense in Chili Foxborough on Monday night. I'm going New England. Okay, so we got a lot of different picks this week. But there we go. That's the end of the week, guys. And this is the f- what week fourteen. This will be week fourteen. Left so, Coasters podcast. If, hit, where, where, where can they t- talk to us, Dangles? If what? you've uh, if you've made it this far, we appreciate it. You can email us at theleftcoasterspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at theleftcoasterspodcast. Facebook, search The Left Coasters. And uh, as always, we will be back next week. Myself, Matt D'Angelo Antonio, Tony Cavallo, Brian Balzarini to recap the Rams game, uh, the week in the NFL, and uh, look forward to our week 15 will be next week. And uh, here in Picks Gravestones, it's It's only only getting getting better. It's only getting harder. Uh, As always, Left Coasters, until next time. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.